Vegas. Coming at you live from WeWork. It's big <laughs> marketing guys. <laughs> 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 and that's our intro that's my favorite part of the intro honestly man just a little fart at the yeah end. like i was playing it for alicia i'm like hey listen to this yeah. <laughs> I, I mean as soon as the little umbrella comes in to the the flamingo float pool toy i'm like it's got there's gotta be a sound effect there you know for sure and why not a fart why not <laughs> Why not a fart? <laughs> Everybody loves farts. That's our new slogan. Uh, episode four. Here we are. Um, I feel again. like, should we, now that it's episode four, should we like introduce the concept of big marketing guys? Let's I feel like it. that might yeah. be helpful, right? Um, well, well, we've been friends for some time. We've never been friends. We've, oh, well, I thought we were friends. Uh, anyway, I've been under the illusion that Spencer and I were friends for, for some time now. Uh, we used to work together. Arch nemesis. Arch nemesis. <laughs> hey, man, that's fine. However you want to characterize it. Yeah. I'm crying on the inside, yeah. but uh, we're at each other's weddings. Yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> and uh, we talk about, well, we used to work together, but we're both, at, you're the CEO and founder of a marketing agency, and I'm the head of marketing at a SaaS company, and uh, have been for the latest one that I'm at, about a year, but prior to that, I was at a different one for about four years, and uh, we're just in the thick of it. We we do this all the time anyway, We're kind of, whether it's over beers, or we're at the shotgun range, or whatever, we always <laughs> talk about our opinions on marketing and how much what's happening how much bs is out there i mean like really honestly can we be honest there's a ton out there we always get uh frustrated by the fact that there are people kind of pushing that they give us all a bad name don't they yeah 100 percent. i mean we hear it every single day i think you probably hear it less just because you only work with one company but i hear it from you know 50 different companies hey i've dealt with this other agency, here's the line that they sold me, yep. and here's what I've received, and it's and not burned. good. Yeah. You get burned. Yeah, 100%. you got to yeah. figure it out, and we're here to help you figure it out without paying for it. Oh, man. Some of the organizations I've joined, I've always been brand side my entire career, just for the listeners, for all, all of them, all yep. eight of them. Um, mom. I've always been brand side. Hey, Mom. <laughs> um, and some of the orgs that I've walked into – have the people that create these opinions from the board or board members, investors, founders, executives, whatever, where you're like, what, why are you doing this with the money, <laughs> with yeah. the marketing budget, you know? And they're like, well, I just feel like it's, it's one of two things. It's either like, well, we just really believe in the idea and like one day it's going to work. Like, <laughs> okay, that's a red flag. Or it's, uh, it's like, yeah, I just, you know, we're, we're getting all these impressions, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's a classic one. So we drove all this traffic, you know, and it's like focusing on these vanity metrics yeah. or something we like that. We can't figure out why we're not converting. <laughs> right. Or how many, how many, uh, blogs have you worked with where they're like, well, we just like this topic and we decided to write a blog post on it and we can't understand why it's not getting any traffic. And you're like, did you promote it? Well, no, it already costs too much money to make the blog post, right? You're like, okay, did you target a keyword? Yeah, what's your strategy? What does that mean? You know, and it's like, yeah, there's no strat. There's no. These are just topics we like and we feel like we know about. It's like you have no audience. We've had a couple clients that have done that for years. Mm -hmm. One in particular spent two years blogging, and they're like, we haven't seen anything from it. Blogging's bad, (laughs) right? And we're like, 
Blogging's good. So, Content so, is great. So long story short, I guess headline, we're uh, maybe, hopefully, we influence some younger marketers and yep. they can avoid some of these pitfalls and keep their job a little bit longer than they would have otherwise, right? Because people do get fired. Yeah. And then also hopefully spread the message to owners, investors, anybody who might be listening that there are yeah. actually marketers who think like owners and like investors and they are focused on the bottom line. There's plenty of those out there actually. There's a lot of marketing focused owners mm -hmm. that I've talked to that yeah. actually do a really good job. I mean, yeah. not everyone is going to have the same challenges when it comes to marketing and with owners, it's a different challenge, but if you don't know anything about marketing, you're in trouble. <laughs> that's you got to sure. know a little bit of everything. Well, and that's a whole other can of worms. I know. That, do we want to open that today? Probably. Oh, I mean, sometimes you can be the best. Uh, you, you can do everything right as a performance-focused marketer, but it's, it's still not going to be what the expectations are because the expectations are a little out there, right? Yeah. Well, that and I think like when you're launching, like we should do a whole podcast on testing and like testing a concept and how to see if you have product market fit and like what approach. to look at for a launch versus just going head first into producing something. How to communicate, how to start small. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one on like, uh, principles that we yeah. developed. That would be cool for a launch. Yeah. yeah. Because I think a lot of people just go, they're like, oh, I like this product. Let's make it. Let's order a hundred thousand of these widgets. Right. And then you're like, uh, we've got a hundred thousand widgets and no one wants them. All these widgets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> widgets everywhere. Get all my widgets. <laughs> one of my favorite all time commercials is uh did you see the the baby one from Adobe? Uh when? It's like is uh it new? it's it's for I think it's just for the creative cloud broadly. I haven't seen but it. it's no, it's old. I mean I wanna say it's like eight years old, but it's so funny. It's this encyclopedia company and uh they're like it starts out with just the doldrums like they're so upset like nobody's buying encyclopedias anymore because of the internet you know yeah. and so their marketing team comes in with this plan they're gonna run like these display banners and so they they're running the display banners and they start to see these charts go up and it's like clicks are through the roof and like the guys on there's this montage of the guy on the phone and he's like ordering the facilities to p manufacture more encyclopedias and they're like we're back you know and the marketers like it's so many clicks <laughs> and then it goes to like a baby on his mom's computer and he just keeps clicking the display ad <laughs> It's like the perfect <laughs> analogy for just a vanity metric. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I love it. So um what do you what do you think? AI today? Should we have the AI? Yeah, let's cover like like I don't know, just to be clear up front, like I have thoughts on AI, uh, but I'm by no means an expert. I don't I don't think many marketers are experts at this point. No, I think there's assumptions that are being made by a lot of marketers that they're going to be out of work or, right, right, right. you know, people are scared that it's going to take your job. So I think it is good to talk about it. And I think right now it's just used as a tool to yep. support you. We've been using it for two years now in our agency, not to do, you know, full out technical blogs and things like that, because the content still is not great. Like yep. you will get some good information out of there. We've tested it for coding. Sometimes that works well. Sometimes it doesn't. Usually you're fixing things in it. But, um, yeah, I think we should definitely talk about what we think is going to happen with AI, how it can support you as a marketer now, and then where 
I don't know, are just our assumptions of where it's going to go. I yeah, guess. maybe how to get ahead of it. Because it's, and we're talking specifically right now about generative AI, like ChatGPT and tools like that, a BART that's coming out yep. from, I don't, can you sign up for that? Yeah, it's you out. can. Yeah. Um, and how to leverage those tools, right? I think there is a lot of fear around it, but it's one of those things where it's like the genie's out of the bottle and you can either get ahead of it and figure out how to use it to your advantage or you can let it roll over you, which it, I mean, it's going to if you don't embrace it. You know what I mean? And one of my things is like, I think we're, I think the hype is at a threshold that would be appropriate for maybe like five years from now yeah. today. So it's like, it is a little overhype that happens. It's just like how the media works and how the tech space works. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the reality is any different. It's just a matter of when, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I've been expecting it to move a lot faster and get a lot more advanced. So we're using it mostly internally. Yeah. You know, it helps a lot with that internal communication, building out your processes, thinking through things, giving you ideas, bullet points. What are the use cases that you've found the most valuable? Are you using just ChatGPT? Yeah. 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 Well, we were using uh, Jasper for a long time, which is just built off of ChatGPT. Um, and that does marketing, all different marketing things. So you can do uh, captions for social, you can do blog posts, mm. that kind of thing. But we found that it's worse than chat now, and chat's cheaper. So we're like, let's just use chat. Um, but yeah, I mean, mainly for ideation. Like if you're stuck on something and you need some bullet points, like a good example is like email subject lines. Yep. If you need some ideas for there, say you're promoting a product that you're just like really tired of promoting or you've been promoting forever, you can't think of anything new to say, it'll give you some ideas at least. And it's never perfect. Like usually you find yourself mixing and matching different elements from the subject lines, but that's a good headlines. Um, any bullet points in blog posts, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. That's what we're using it for mostly right now. How do, you, how do you prompt it? Like, what are you asking it for? Just an outline or? Yeah, outlines or, hey, give me 10 subject lines. Here's the promotion we're running this week for yep. this product. Give me 10 subject lines. Okay. Um, we are using it some for website headlines. And then we run it through Surfer to try and see if it's SEO, if we can utilize it as an SEO optimized headline. Because you just get bored of writing the headlines. You know? Totally, yeah. Writing the article is one thing, but writing the headlines is a totally different thing because it just seems repetitive. I think my the thing that sometimes – well, I think the thing that always takes me the longest when I'm writing an email or a blog post or anything like longer form than just a social media post is outlining it. Um, like that's where I spend the most mental energy yeah. is like, how do I want this to flow? What topics do I want to hit? And so I could see maybe continuing to spend the time doing that because it's not quite as draining as like putting together sentences and making sure you're concise and editing yourself. So like you could put together an outline, feed that to chat GPT, and then it'll spit out something more long form. I think that's useful. I think that's super useful, actually. You can go in reverse, too. Like, that's what I found it useful is, like, sometimes I have a tendency with email to go too in-depth. So yeah. I'll say, make this more concise. Like, take out all the crap that I don't need. Oh, you can use it as an editor. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, to just 
you know, make this a couple sentences only. I'm almost always too, well, I'll just say 100% of the time on my first draft, it's like so ridiculously verbose. It's like stream of Minus two, yeah. Then I'll go back and read it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that sentence was so hard to get through. Well, that or it's like no one's going to read through this thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's like four paragraphs on yeah, an email like, that should be like brain. four sentences. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so that's cool. So you can use it as an editor, too. I like that. Uh, I've got a friend who recently showed me a bunch of LinkedIn posts that he's in sales and an HR tech company. And it wrote a bunch of LinkedIn posts for him on, like, recruiting best practices, like, I don't know, probably like 300 words or yeah. something like that. But he's now automating those. He's using Hootsuite or Buffer or something yeah. to schedule them out. And what used to, he didn't even feel like he had time to spend on, but it would yield him interest from prospects. So he knew it was valuable. Um, he's doing in like, I mean, I think he had six weeks worth of posts in like 30 minutes or something like that. He said, it's pretty good. No, it's great, especially for like short form stuff like that. It's great for LinkedIn posts. I mean, that's something you can definitely do. I just like anything that has to be in depth, you got to be really careful to fact check. And we work with a lot of medical clients, so we can't really use it. Yep. You know, when we're making claims in supplement companies, we have to be very careful about what we're saying. And sometimes it will be completely false, like the exact opposite of what you would expect. Right. Not always. Sometimes it's right, and you're like, wow, how did it know that? <laughs> I didn't know. We actually had a doctor use it to see and, and they were like this is actually surprisingly accurate like really yeah and it's like you have cancer yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's like, like how did it know webmd yeah <laughs> uh he was like putting in very specific symptoms and asking it what it was and it, it no way it punched it out that's it, bad it said that's what really it was cool. so it's really cool so you wonder how this stuff is going to influence like diagnosing things in the medical field. I mean, That's one, one thing incredible. that I think is funny is like, especially from a marketing standpoint, you think about, everybody talks about artificial intelligence now post-generative AI, yeah. because I think that's the thing that put it front and center. And so everyone's like, oh my God, AI, have you seen how incredible and powerful it is? Like, this is going to change everything. But what I don't think gets mentioned often enough is that it has already changed everything over the last decade. It's just been working behind the scenes. Yeah. Machine learning, uh, all the algorithms that govern what content you're seeing in um, social media, what's being fed to you on YouTube, what's being recommended. RankBrain, Google's search algorithm now is like, completely self-sufficient it's all run by machine learning and those engineers can't even really tell you exactly how it works like they're on record saying things like this like we don't even really know how the algorithm weights things anymore which is i'm sure they know more than the, they might be being a little yeah. dramatic but like it's it, well ai has been a part of everything well that i think time. those companies work like the government in a lot of ways they're compartmentalized too because they don't want any one person to know exactly how the entire algorithm works because mm -hmm. then people can game the system. So I think it's twofold. It's that, you know, there's a lot of different people working in a lot of different areas. Plus, it's very complicated to dig into it and figure yep. out what the heck's going on in there. So, like, basic use cases today, and then how do you get, how do you get ahead of it? You know, like, if you're a forward-thinking marketing leader... Like, what are you paying close attention to right now? Um, 
Okay, so well, let me just walk you through what I think is happening because I think that would be helpful. Yeah. I think it's mostly like high-level management is not paying as much attention to this. I think what you're seeing a lot of, like, yes, yeah, some companies are, are utilizing it. Like, we see it built into a lot of the software we have, but I really think it's mostly, like, employees that are going to be benefiting from this, agencies that are doing work. They're just going to optimize their workflows. Yeah. And I think it's going to last like that for a few years because a lot of these, you know, companies are ran by older individuals might not care about it. Like, I've talked to a lot of our clients that are maybe a little bit older they have no clue what's going on in that space. Mm -hmm. Yet I've talked to some of their employees and they're utilizing it and getting the benefit. So that they're speeding sense. up their workflow, more efficient, getting their work done faster. It's great for the company either way, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Maybe that employee works a little bit less. Um, but I think that's how it's going to operate for at least a few years. Like we're going to be able to get away with doing things like that and optimizing our workflow. At some point though, the higher level management will realize what's happening and start to lay more people off based on its use. I'm sure that'll be the net effect. I, I think um, marketing leaders, there's a lion here. <laughs> marketing leaders, uh, probably to the point that you just made, thinking through like, how can I incorporate this into existing operations? Yep. So if I have a team of, if I have a copywriting team in 2023 i'm like that whole operation is probably shifting quite a bit right yep. now right like i i want i want to train everybody on how to use this so that they can have ideally more output um you're right eventually that could lead to you not needing as big of a head count which is kind of scary for if you're a entry-level copywriter or something like that um so, so for a marketing leader, maybe you're thinking about you're getting ahead of how do I incorporate this into my workflows, my processes, and how do I train my employees on how to use it because, because they'll be more well-equipped yep. if they understand it better. Yeah, 100%. I think like a marketing manager, like on the, at the CEO level, they're not going to even be paying attention to this yep. in a lot of cases in sure. most companies. I think, yeah, forward-looking tech companies, it's a different story, but like a lot of the companies that we work with that are just service-based businesses are not paying attention at all to this, but their companies are getting a lot of benefit that they don't even see from it. Right. And so it's like maybe uh, Jim only has to work four hours a day instead of eight, uh -huh. but the owner doesn't know. It's like if the work's getting done and they're hitting their KPIs, then maybe that's a great thing for now until the owner realizes. <laughs> that he's like, going to raise the KPIs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Raise the KPIs or be like, look, I guess I don't need Jim. <laughs> He's only yeah. working four hours. Right. Well, and that's one way to mitigate against it if you're, I mean, honestly, if I'm an entry-level copywriter, I can't really speak to code so much, but I might be, I would do one of two things. The first one might be just not, I might go conversion copy, like some kind of specialty in copywriting that can't quite be outsourced yet, like a conversion copywriter, web copywriter. Um, or I would probably become like the best prompt writer in the world yes. <laughs> for chat GPT and try to be like, you know, a writer who has insane output relative to everybody else in the industry. And then you can continue to pursue that path, right? That's the one, like copywriting is the one that's like, 
it's probably it seems like a, it's little, a little bit on its way out. It seems like it's on its way out. But there's always going to be space for new products, new things. Like if something yep. new comes out, chat's not going to know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also run into regulation probably at some point. I mean, yep. there's already with the writer strikes in California, I mean, this is an issue because yeah. all of the first pass drafts, they're talking about writing oh my with. God, think about it in the music industry, dude. Yeah. That entire industry is driven by copyright. That's how they make all their money. Yes. And now, uh, I, I think it was, well, there's all kinds of deep fakes out there now. There's like a Jay Z one, there's an Eminem one, and there's good. a Drake one. They're good. Well, and they're being created, they're created by a producer that is doing a really good job of mimicking the style of that artist. And then they're using AI to fake the voice on top of the production. But it's like, how does copyright factor into that? Like, do, does the are there rights to the likeness of a voice? And if so, who owns them? Like, these are all tough questions. Those need to be figured out quick. Yeah. I mean, because, like, you talk about deep faking voices and things like that, you know. Right. And recently I just used uh, a software to basically for our phone system for the company. I found a celebrity that had a recognizable voice. And I was like, all right, I'm going to use this as our, our uh, answering Trump? machine. Is it Trump? No, it was Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's, that's a way better choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we'd piss some people off. <laughs> Again, we're not trying to split Why the audience. Why are all my clients conservatives? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's going to be huge. <laughs> that was the worst Trump God, that was really good. I'm trying to think who that even sounded like. I don't know, but you gotta, we gotta eventually. It'll be we'll record, huge. <laughs> eventually, we're gonna record an intro to big marketing guys. And That's it. That voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be huge. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, uh, I don't know, man. We can sit here and wonder. We'll probably be wrong about like half of the shit that we come up with. But it's like those are the things that I'd be thinking about in different shoes, like. Management wise, and we're doing this at Boombox. It's just like, where can we? YouTube descriptions, email copy, web copy, like test mainly for testing is where we're using it. It's like you should always be A B testing subject lines, copy, calls to action on your website and your emails, like wherever else you have copy, right? Like YouTube descriptions, social media posts, and to your point, like generating ideas for testing what to test against variants B, C, D is just a little bit taxing. And not only that, but your perspective is just one perspective. So maybe dumping it in there gives you some more variants to test. We've used it that way, which I think is cool. If I'm more entry level, I'm trying to figure out how to be a ninja at writing prompts and uh, probably paying a lot of attention to the changes between GPT four or three and four, right? Yeah. And just trying to stay on top of it, dude. Like, how can I leverage this to my advantage? Be like the GPT guru instead of just a copywriter. Because then you're pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a space for it now that it exists. Yep. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Like, it's right. done. what's done is done. And even if they did shut it down, there would be some bootleg that comes out of AI now. Yeah. And so... There's going to be a need for it. Companies are now building out their own AI. That is one area of like a lot of people have of concern is because once you put anything in chat, that's now available for chat. Right. So a lot of companies are building out their own version. 
I, I heard HubSpot, I think, is doing it or <clears throat> has done it, built their own version internally. That way they're not uploading all of their company data into the system. Oh, interesting. So I think every company is probably going to have someone that is policing that data, policing how it's used, mm -hmm. someone that's managing prompt writing, someone that's managing, you know, all of the people involved in it. So I think there is a ton of opportunity there. I think if you're working at a product company too, just on this note or train of thought, you need to be thinking through how to incorporate it into your product. AI in any shape or form, right? Yep. Whether it's like speech to text or machine learning or generative AI, like what are the use cases with your target market using your product? Like I'm gonna give you a good example. Loom is like doing a great job with this it's i love loom yeah i think it's such a good tool oh i love if it you too. don't know what it is it's just like a video recorder it's just a quick screencast you can record a voiceover and it's meant to help you skip meetings so i don't have to hop on a zoom instead i can just record a loom and it'll take me five minutes i can send it to everybody i can track who viewed it the it's analytics are great useful. i've skipped hours of meetings using <laughs> loom dude it's so useful i recommend everybody use it but they have incorporated AI in it. You wouldn't think, like, how are you? I don't know. It's not obvious to me how a tool like that would leverage artificial intelligence, but they've got some really neat little features. Like, it's not taking over their product in any way. They're not pivoting and saying, now we're an AI video recorder, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are doing, um, even when they're not. But they have, a, um, they have speech to text now. So they'll analyze everything that you've said they'll analyze your voiceover and then you can say, hey, can you remove all of the ums for me? All of the spaces, can you cut out long pauses? It'll do all that for you automatically. It actually works pretty good. I noticed the other day when I was sending a loom to my friend that it auto-generated a title for the video. Oh, that's cool. And it was so much better than what yeah. I would have called it. I was like, Is oh, that that's new? such a good idea. I, I just saw it for the first time. Okay, yesterday. yeah, because I was gonna say, I, I haven't recorded one in like a couple weeks. But like those little use cases, right? Like if you're in marketing, don't don't just leave it to product come up with those things. I mean, I have tons of opinions on product marketing alignment anyway, but this is one of the areas where you should feel really comfortable going to your product leader and saying, here are some things that I think nobody likes doing in this workflow that our tools support or whatever it is. Could we maybe leverage AI to make this super simple and this way or what? And look for those little low-hanging fruit opportunities. Because even if you're only saving somebody, I mean, how much time did Loom save me in writing a title? Probably five minutes. But because it was really good and it did it for me immediately, five minutes, I'm like, you might as well have saved me three hours. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're just... And now I'm talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like you're you're ingratiating yourself more to your users. And I think that if you don't do it, one of your competitors is, you better get on top of it, right? Like same message. You gotta get ahead everyone, of this stuff. Everyone's doing it. I actually had a friend who was like, Hey, can you review this my buddy's email marketing software that they just built off of AI? Like and so basically it's for cold email, you're sending out email. It was how they had it set up was interesting. You can only send thirty a day which I thought, I was like, that's not enough to convert anything. <laughs> like, you got to amp that up a little bit. But um, I was like, how are you guys going to combat the fact that every other email platform is now integrating AI? Like, you can't just be an AI software. Like, this is one thing I'm seeing a lot with AI. Like, people are coming out with these new AI products 
and then they're wiped out the next day because Active Campaign added AI to its email or Mixmax added it. There's going to be a lot of that. And that's what I told them. I'm like, look, it's great. It actually works really well. <laughs> a lot of those people will probably raise a giant seed round, too. Oh, well, I mean, even... And then six months later, they'll be like, oh, crap. Well, I think Jasper's struggling because I've seen Jasper was focused on agencies. Makes sense, yeah. And then right before chat came out, they raised, I think, 110 or $120 million. And No way. Yeah. That's a huge round. What? I mean, because their growth was in... Was that a B round for them? Do you know? I think it was, yeah. But, they, like, they jumped from, like, $2 million in ARR to, like, almost $100 million or something. It was something ridiculous. Wow. But I think after chat came out, I think it had to have trailed off because what I've noticed is now they're going off after businesses. So I've had some of my clients come to me. They're like, hey, have you heard of... Jasper, they've been, reached out to me. Oh, and I'm okay. like, yeah, we used to use them, or we still use them, actually, a little bit. But, And so you see that, you're like, okay, who else is going to be taken out? Like, if you have an idea for AI, you got to be real careful yeah. of what you're going to do. Because, like, if you're just built off of OpenAI's technology, there's, who knows what they're going to release? They might release their own email thing. Yeah, and some of those one-off use cases, it's just like... It's so much, um, it's just so likely that a giant product company is just going to build that real quick as a part of, of their existing, yeah. you know what I mean? They've got the money to do it. They, they've got the captive audience, like they're probably just going to be like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let's build that in here. Yeah. Now no one's going to your tool. They're just doing it because they're already in yeah. Adobe Illustrator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. No, 100%. <clears throat> Have you, um, do you ever play around in Photoshop? Not really. No, I use Canva, dude. Okay. I use Canva for, like, everything. I haven't, I think I've worked with a designer, I can count on maybe two hands in total in the last 12 months. Yeah. I'm just doing, I had a design shop um, come up with our brand guidelines. So logo, word mark, icon, color palette typography, uh, curated a bunch of stock images that are pretty cool. And I just take all of that, import it into Canva, and if we need an email banner or a social media ad or something, like I'm just using those components to build something. It always looks on brand. So I, I don't have a need for Photoshop, personally. We just have specific certain use cases, but mainly I downloaded the beta version to mess around with the generative AI. It did some good things. Like what it, I've noticed it does really well is it extends an image. Like today I had an image that was... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah so I've seen that, actually. I've seen an ad for it that. It works really well. That's the one thing that it does really well. But sometimes <laughs> it'll throw in some weird stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was playing around with it today, and I, and I got it to work. But I think that's a natural... Like you look at Photoshop. Uh, I've noticed it in Elementor for WordPress. They've added it for, I think, images now, but also really? text. Because there's always little things on a website when you're writing, like, the call to action, the one-liner to get someone to sign up for the newsletter. Like, that's a good place to use AI. You're just like, sure. you know, this is basically just a throwaway line. Right, yeah, and it's been done a million yep. times, so it's, like, it's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, 100%. So all of those things make a lot of sense, but there's no n need for a new app. Like, yeah. it's just an add-on. It's a tool to use for something else. Yeah. I don't think there's, like, 
So is, is the generative AI stuff going to form a bunch of brand new companies or is it just going to enhance a bunch of existing products? Enhance. I think so too. I haven't seen, I'm trying to think, if I've seen any one new company that I think, that podcasting thing that I showed you was pretty interesting, but it sounds like Loom's doing the same thing. If it's cutting out ums and... Well, Riverside does it too. Yeah. Like they, they just automatically pan the camera for you like you don't have to go into yeah so I, like i don't that. i don't even know if i don't know of one really yeah. ai company that Not i think yet. is yeah outside of open ai yeah, know. <laughs> you know like yeah yeah that's pretty crazy. i mean it's i'm more, sure there's stuff like the, out there but it's more like the supporting technology is going to like Nvidia's stock is up like 200% or something yeah. ridiculous that's probably not the right number but it's it's like skyrocketed like all the supporting infrastructure is probably where a bunch of the innovation happens. Oh, 100%. It has to. It has to. What do you think about, like, I hear a lot of other marketers talk about how, I mean, this is just the end of search engines now because we have chat GPT. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Like, you have to have choice. Yeah. Like, where's the choice in chat just recommending one thing? Right. Right? You know, like, yes. That, that's the point that I don't get. I'm like, I, and do I trust it? What right. factors can influence it? None of us know that. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, and GPT-3 is, um, like, notoriously not updating their index or their results. Uh, they're not, like, taking in new information. Like, GPT-4, I guess that's one of the big changes that they made is that it's, like, refreshing constantly. Yep. But the results that you'd get for a query 12 months ago with GPT-3, you would get today. And now it's supposed to be updating that. So I'm like, okay, so as a search function, the mission or the sole purpose of that tool would be to crawl the web and find the best possible result for your question or the thing that you're querying and to show it to you, right? So that's all powered by artificial intelligence, but that's has a name already it's rank brain <laughs> like yeah. it's you would be recreating you would have to recreate you would eventually even if it wasn't your intention just recreate rank brain right you can say all day oh no we're gonna weight stuff differently and blah 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 but i would be willing to bet that whatever you weighted differently would yield a much worse outcome than what google's been building well, for the last two decades all you're doing right? is eliminating choice yeah right and that's, <laughs> that's the, other the thing only too. thing you're doing you build the same algorithm and then you put a different ui on it and like for me i mean maybe like some questions like what year did this thing happen then i don't care what i use but i'm typically wanting to go scour a few things i mean i'm gonna spend time researching multiple sources maybe watching a few videos and like google does that really well you know and yeah. I'm, I'm just i have a hard time thinking that search as a use case is going to be well and you affected by this really well, and you think about it like you look at search too and like we work in this so we understand what is written for the search engine a lot of it isn't true right. or a lot of it is definitely heavily biased Totally. You know, because someone is paying to get those rankings. Mm -hmm. And so what it's recommending, is it the best? Like, that's why I'm always like, I find myself at the bottom of page one or on page right. two looking at <clears throat> yeah. results. Oh, yeah, me too, man. And I toggle between video, news, scholarly. Like, uh, if I really want to understand something, 
that's what I want. I want a ton of information that I can peruse or dive deep into if I really think it's well written. Yeah. Um, I really wish there was someone that had like unbiased reviews, like a search engine with just unbiased information. Isn't that um, DuckDuckGo? Isn't that their whole shtick or no? Mm-hmm. Technically, but I mean, you can still index bias like a ten best supplements. All right, I know you're. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just want to know what the actual best supplement is based on reviews. You know, which you can look at Amazon, but even Amazon, it's hard to tell. Everything is like even, (laughs) dude. Even Rotten Tomatoes. Now you go. Everything's been corrupted. You know, like you go into Rotten Tomatoes, you're like, this got an eighty-five percent. Gotta be good. Let's go watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, that was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, all these Marvel movies that have come out in, like, the last two years. Spencer and I went to go see Black Panther 2, and we left. I think there was, like, 20 minutes left, and we were like, do you want to just go? Yeah, like, <laughs> this is so bad. This is long. And it had, like, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's ridiculous. I talked to a lot of people that like that movie, though, actually. Really? Oh, well. But maybe that was just group think. They saw the Rotten Tomatoes score, and they're like, oh, yeah, I loved it. It influenced them, dude. A bunch of sheeple out there, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah, I don't know about the search. The search use case, I'm pretty skeptical of. I think what you can say definitively is that it'll probably encroach on, like, the share of search, maybe, a little bit, because maybe some of those one-off just questions are going to be uttered into or typed into a chat GPT or something like that. Kind of like I'm sure Alexa and Siri ate into a little bit of the share of search of Google because people are asking Alexa a question instead of going to their phone and Googling it. I could see that being a thing. I don't know to what extent it can't be that much. And then number two, if Google is releasing its own version of chat GPT, you better bet your ass that they're going to come up with a way for brands to market through it. Yeah. So that's something to pay really close attention to because if you get there first, there's probably a, a gold mine to be had uh, or if you're one of the first people to start marketing there. But I, I think it's just going to be completely different use cases, though, where they show your – maybe it's like contextual and you could get an ad impression based on something that somebody's working on or something yeah. like that. But I can't – see it work in the same way as search where it's like oh they ask what question like can i pay to be the result there like well (laughs) you're the only result at that point like that's not going to make sense (laughs) right (laughs) but there's going to be an ad platform on top of bard there has to be i mean that's how they make their money yeah i mean i even wonder with open ai like how are they making their money you know what i'm saying yeah it's what 20 bucks a month for a subscription that's not very much. Yes, they have a lot of users, but I know they have a ton of expense right. in their infrastructure. So I just wonder like, where they're headed, and you know Microsoft has a big stake in it, so it's like, what does that mean, you know? Right. Do you think Google's just going to come in and eat their lunch? I don't know. I don't know, because I've heard Bard sucks. Yeah. So I don't know. I've heard that. I've never used it. I know. And, and what you hear is like, oh, I don't know. Google seems really confident. You know, they're saying like, don't even worry about it. Where we're going. This is going to be the best. You're like, yeah, they say that at shareholder meetings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they have to say that. For sure. So it's like, I don't know whether or not to believe them. But um, remember when they were working on all of those like weird initiatives? Like maybe they were just neglecting the AI side of things to build robotic dolphins. <laughs> <and stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Didn't they have like a self-driving car unit? And oh, stuff they had a too? ton of weird stuff. They had some weird stuff. And then they got a new CFO. This was like four or five years ago, and they, the CFO was like, "No, we can't. We've been spending billions on this oh and haven't God. gotten anything out of it." That's insanity, man. Uh, and especially like just having knowledge of how poorly YouTube's ad platform works for marketers, and it's very simple fixes that they have to implement. Yeah. You know, it's like how how is a YouTuber are you making it so that running ads to one of my videos or, or paying to show my video to people is going to tank its organic rankings and its recommendations? Like every time you pay for an ad, it's it's like the, the conventional wisdom is like, don't do that. Yeah. yeah, don't do that if you're a YouTuber. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, how much money are you <laughs> foregoing because you're making this detrimental to the – I have to think that's an easy change to make where you just go, oh, yeah, all the factors and signals coming from paid ads – those just aren't factored in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what in the world? There's a lot of little stuff like that with Google. You're like, oh, they've just been on top for so long. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't last forever. Who knows? Yep. I think yep. for now, I mean, maybe the algorithm's better and they build out a new CRM. I mean, it's a long way. Bing's a long way away Dude, from being the best. I can play oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm, I'm – uh... I don't know, man. I think there are a lot of reasons to doubt Google and their ability to catch up. Although I will say, like, is there another company out there who has more search AI and advertising experts in one building? <laughs> probably not. No, but there's also probably not very many companies that have that kind of overhead. Right. Like when you you hear about like how much between them and Facebook, how much they were overpaying people. Mm -hmm. Just to keep them from each oh, other. No. Did you hear Crazy. that? Yes. Like they were hiring recruiters who were reporting that they were doing nothing. Yeah, they they'd never. Anyone. They were making like 190k. And like they just didn't anything. want them to recruit for a competitor. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, one lady. She's like, yeah, I was there for like a year and a half. I never recruited anybody, <laughs> and I made 190,000. That would drive me insane. Yeah. I would go insane. Are you kidding? Like, everyone's like, oh, man, what a cushy job, man, you know? And you're like, oh, God. But you think about how many people have to be in that sphere that know. Because then there's a manager of the recruiters mm -hmm. who, if the recruiters aren't recruiting, that manager's not doing anything either. Like, <laughs> it's a dream within a dream. There's nothing to manage and no one to recruit. <laughs> but a lot of money. <laughs> but a ton of money, a shitload of money. There's all the dollars. Yeah, I'm like, man, we're really overpaying Facebook and Google right now. <laughs> oh, my God. The As profit that they generate is insane, man. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. But what else? Oh. AI-wise, what do you get ahead of? Oh, well, I'll just – let's just – How can we help ourselves? <laughs> let's spitball an idea. I had an idea today, and this is mainly okay. – so we've got this guy here, Zach, who's really cool. He's a sci-fi writer. He only writes oh, zombie yeah. novels. Uh-huh. And he said – you know, a lot of people in that space are using chat. And you think about it like, oh, this is actually probably a pretty good idea to use to write fiction novels because it doesn't need to be super true. It can be whatever you want it to be. He's like, I, I can only write about zombies. And it's all technically plagiarized. Yes. <laughs> well, like, it's compiled together, like four yeah. different things. Twilight. On, like we just mentioned earlier, copyright hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. I mean, come on. Take it, strike while the iron's hot, guys. <laughs> you're reading the zombie book, you're like, wow, this is a lot like Twilight, but zombies. What the <laughs> but zombies, it's word for yeah. word. <laughs> they just replaced <laughs> vampires zombies. with zombies. 
That would be great. Uh, but <laughs> I think you got something there, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. But he said it's like, so you make those books and you throw them on Amazon. But I started thinking about it since I just had my kid eight months ago. What if there was a way to make books specifically for people's names? And this might exist. But market, if you can figure out new babies' names, can you like insert them into various stories? I think that could be a cool idea. That's a good idea. Dude, we can crush really good that. Idea. That, would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. And I think the marketing campaign should be something like a direct ad to the mother. Yeah. It, it being like, you know, did, don't you want a book with Sadie's name in it? Yeah. She's like, what? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> just really freak them out, you know. Which I think you could probably get from the hospitals. I'm pretty sure the hospitals. You can scrape will sell that you. data somewhere. That's terrible. Um, no, I like that idea. That's cool. So just like a quick adventure story or something like that, and you could. Yeah, like you plug just, the name. Yeah, in. you plug the name in. Somehow it's made with chat, like on demand. Or I mean, one way you could just pick the most common names too. Yeah. And, it, and you could ask for, like, a few things that, like, what's your baby into? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, do they, what shows do they watch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do they want to be, what do they want to be when they what grow do you, up? What do you want them to be when they grow up? What, what are they going to major in? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ask, incorporate that into the That adventure. has to exist, though. That has to. I would think that exists. Probably. Probably. But I was like, how could we automate it? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's, like, a whole different story for every kid. It's their own unique story. It's a unique story. Yeah. That would have to be the thing because I bet there are, I bet someone's had this idea, but they're just like plugging, plugging yeah, in. into a yeah. story. But it's a unique one. That that's kind of my thought. Well, that sounds like a value prop to I me. I want to put my baby in a vampire zombie novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Twilight. Yeah. Starlight. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think what we should do probably. Is trying to come up with some original business ideas for just be the one, you know what I mean? And maybe just a product company might just come take them away, but like, let's, yeah. why not? Let's, let's do just it. try it yeah. out. Yeah, let's see what we come up with, man. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. All right. All right, let's do it. Can, can we make candles with AI? I don't think they make <laughs> candles yet. Or, or maybe we should just release our own version of the Twilight no novels. I, I think that's a great idea, dude. Just sell them on Amazon. <laughs> Get on the wait list, you know what I mean, and see how many of those uh, opt-ins we can actually drive. I think Let's that's a good idea. It. Let's do that. Okay. All right, sweet. Action items. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> awesome. What else, what other uh, ideas do we have for this? I don't have anything. Like, I don't really have anything else. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm like, I, I, I feel like artificial intelligence has already had a crazy presence in everybody's life and we don't really recognize it so this this isn't like the manifestation of artificial intelligence right now it's just a new form of it i think that you have to get ahead of it because it's happening whether you like it or not i think there are a few concrete ways you can get ahead of it that we covered and i don't think that it's going to replace search it's like i i like very uh I'm very confident that it won't yeah. replace search. What's been interesting is it's like sped up the adoption of chat, which I think is interesting because hmm. chat was never really that big. Yeah. I'm not saying chat GPT. I'm saying like a chat bot. Oh, like a chat yeah. engine. Exactly. Okay. 
Gotcha. I mean, we've had yeah. chat forever. And even AI, we had other companies utilizing OpenAI and their API to serve this information, and it didn't take off right. until there was a chat bot. Totally. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, like, I find myself, do you do this? Like, I'm nice to it. I'll be like, yeah. hi, sir. Can I please have this answer? <laughs> I don't know if I am, man. I'm pretty aggressive with Alexa. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive. Well, she's always trying to sell me shit, man. Yeah. She's like, do you need more she's Nespresso pushing. coffee yeah. pots? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I'll tell you when I need them. Like, stop asking me. Oh, my God. It's like we, we use it to play white noise at night. And I'm not even kidding. It was like, hey, I noticed you listen to white noise. Do you want to upgrade for six bucks a month? Does it really do that? I don't have Alexa. I was like, upgrade to what? It's white noise. <laughs> it's so it does that? Yeah, Morgan and I are always like, shut up, Alexa. <laughs> Dang, like, what the hell, man? I know. It's just become a salesperson in your home for Amazon. I'm glad I don't that's have one. <laughs> that's basically what Alexa is. Don't get one. Okay. Don't get one. Just get like a Bose speaker that you can connect to your, that's the, all we use it for that's productive anyway. I never use it to order things, dude. I use my phone or I go on yes. the computer. Like I, I have not been an adopter of Alexa at all. No, because like I want to look at the delivery date. I want to know all that stuff. I'm not just going to be like, yeah, I'll get it. And you get the wrong thing probably. Exactly. The only nifty thing you can do with Alexa is you can uh, connect Alexa to like smart home devices like light bulbs and stuff and you can tell alexa to turn off your lights or dim them and that's kind of fun but also again like it's really not necessary there's a switch on the wall yeah i can just use the switch see i did want the do you remember when amazon had the buttons that you could program oh yeah like i i missed that boat and then when i went to look for them it was already discontinued oh really yeah i'm like that was super cool i actually think that's a good idea they, they didn't market that well enough. they they didn't like if you need dog food or cat food like oh boom it's just delivered like that would be awesome totally or even just coming up with something really cheap that they could attach to the thing that they delivered to you so when it's all out like your garbage bags you can just press the button it's like the yep. other one's on the way that would be yeah, us, dude. We should be running yeah, I know we should. Come on, Bezos. <laughs> Hire us. <laughs> Hire us. <laughs> Buy my company. <laughs> All right, we've been going for an hour. All right, I think we're good then. I think we're yeah. good. All right, well... That was AI. generative AI. <laughs> That's, those were all of our meandering thoughts on AI. We hope you enjoyed it. This has been Big Marketing Guys episode. Hey, Mom. Four. Hey, Alicia. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. All right, take care. Leave a review, Morgan, if you can. Thank you. <laughs>